1: Welcome to Sports Info UM. Uh, this is Sam Sword. Uh, my co host Daryl Oliver will not be joining us tonight. Uh, this is going to be the University of Michigan edition of Sports Info UM. Uh, we'll also be joined later tonight by former FAMU Rattler uh, Curtis Miranda. Curtis helped lead the Rattlers to three national championships in 1957, 1959, and 1961. Curtis was also a three-time All-American center in college who went on to be drafted by the New York Giants in the fifth round in 1962 as a middle linebacker and in the, in the 11th round as a center by the AFL New York Titans, which are currently the New York Jets, uh, and Curtis played for the legendary coach uh, Jack Gaither so we're going to be welcoming him to the show in our second edition but uh, there's a lot of willing and dealing uh, in the NFL today so we're going to kind of get into some of that um like to congratulate Joe Flacco on the on the mega deal that he signed uh today it was officially he signed for 120 million dollars plus uh Flacco said that the deal is about respect and uh You know, he did lead his team to a a Super Bowl victory. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to make the playoffs in the first five years of his career. And uh, he's going to receive $29 million of that in a signing bonus this year, and he's going to make $51 million over the first two years of that contract. And uh, you're talking about a, a quarterback that took a gamble on himself Uh, he took a bet last year that when the Ravens offered him $15 million per season, he turned that down. He felt that he was uh, worth a little bit more than $15 million a year. And uh, the one thing I can say about Joe Flacco is he went out and he earned his money. A lot of times when you have quarterbacks or players in that position, when teams are offering you $15 million per year, uh, a lot of guys, they're going to take that. But, uh, with with the help of his agent and him believing in, in himself, Joe Flacco Joe Flacco took a calculated risk and uh and he won. So I just would uh, man, just like to congratulate Joe Flacco for uh securing his future in Baltimore. The uh, the contract is also very cap friendly. Uh it's only gonna count $6.8 million against the Ravens' salary cap this year and, and a cool $14 million next year, which is going to allow the Baltimore Ravens act to allow them to go out and uh, maybe re-sign Ed Reed to keep Anquan Bowden and uh, defensive end Paul Kruger. And, uh, you know, uh, to me, it's very important. A lot of guys are signing for a lot of money, but uh what type of talent do you want around you? What type of team do you want to be a part of? When when you're making this type of money as quarterbacks, uh, you look at the if you look at the Drew Brees deal. Drew Brees signed for twenty million per season, uh, and uh, you know it kind of ha- handcuffs your teams in uh, the flexibility that they can have in um in the free agent market. And uh, with this deal that the Ravens uh, signed Joe Flacco to, it, it allows. In the, in the in the free agency, and I think that's very important when you're signing these type of deals. Uh, I would also like to congrac- congratulate the, the Kansas City Chiefs on getting Dwayne Bow signed to a five year contract. In terms of that deal uh, hasn't been released yet, but uh, Dwayne Bowe has been a he's been a big time receiver in, in Kansas City for quite some time, and uh, I know Coach Andy Reid is happy to have a a player of that caliber uh, that's going to be catching passes from the recently uh, required uh, Brent Smith from the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs also uh, signed punter Dustin Colquitt. He received a five-year deal for $18.75 million dollars with $8.9 million of that guaranteed, making him the highest paid punter in the NFL. Uh, you know, normally you don't see punters making this type of money uh, close to $4 million a year for a punter, but uh, you know, punters are a very important part of a team. Uh, when you have a punter that can pin teams down inside the 20-yard line, they become very valuable to your franchise. So just like to congratulate um, the Chiefs on getting those deals done. Joe Flacco uh, signing a mega deal. And uh, the Chiefs also used the franchise tag on left tackle Brandon Abert today. Aber was the 15th overall pick in uh, 2008. And uh, for, for left tackle, hey, that franchise tag is a little over $11 million. So uh, don't feel sorry for Mr. Abber. Today was the deadline that teams had to designate Franchise players, and uh, today only eight players uh, received that uh, that franchise tag. Uh, Aber was one of uh, those players to receive that tag. The Dallas Cowboys uh, they tagged Anthony Spencer for the second straight year. Uh, Spencer's coming off one of his most productive seasons for the Cowboys, where he had eleven and a half sacks, and he only played uh, four, he only played in fourteen games. This is the second year consecutive year that the Cowboys decided to tag Spencer. And uh, that tag's going to be at $10.6 million a year. Uh, once once the franchise tag is signed, the contract becomes guaranteed. So I know a lot of people are out there thinking, hey, these guys, uh, it's, it's not fair. You know, they can't, they can't really negotiate. But you got to look at it like this. If a team is willing to pay you $10.6 million a uh, for one year. I mean when you think about it, you want to sign a five year sixty million dollars with twenty five up front. Well hey, you're knocking out half of that right now. This is his second year in a row being uh franchise. I'm sure last year's tag was a little a little under $10 million. So in two years, Spencer has collected close to $20 million. So, uh, you know, I would take that all day long. Uh, I know guys like to sign those long-term deals a little bit more security. But at the same time, $10.6 million is not peanuts. Enough. And he also still have a chance to work out a long-term deal with the contract. Any guy that's a franchise, they still have the option of signing a long-term contract with the team if them and the team can work it out. Yeah, and moving on along down to South Beach, the Miami Dolphins' uh, tag defensive tackle Randy Starks with the franchise tag, which is going to guarantee him a cool $8.45 million this season, which is close to a $5 million raise uh, from what uh, Mr. Starks made last year. He made a, a little a little under $4 million uh, last year. So when you talk about guys... Uh, being productive, having a good season, and uh, being rewarded for that. You think about Mr. Randy Starks, and again, he also has an opportunity where he can redo his contract or sign, not redo his contract, but he can sign a long-term contract with the Miami Dolphins that they can work on terms that that's going to benefit both sides uh but what what does this mean for the Miami Dolphins uh you know the Dolphins had some choices to make uh it was either Starks uh they had Bush in the um Reggie Bush in the fold for maybe the franchise tag and they had 2008 number one overall pick Jake Long uh the last couple of years Jake Long has been a uh, He's been hit with the injury bug, but before he was hit with the injury bugs, he was voted to three straight Pro Bowls before 2012 uh, as a starter. And uh, Mister Long is on the open market. And uh, if Jake Long is healthy, there's going to be a market for Jake Long. You're talking about in access of. 10 to $12 million a year is uh, what I see Jake Long signing for. Uh, he's pretty much going to be signing. Uh, uh, he's going to get paid like he was franchised. Anyway, Jake Long is a big-time talent. Uh, when he's healthy, he's a University of Michigan graduate. He's a Michigan man, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best of luck in looking for a new franchise. And not only, uh, another tackle that, uh, that received the franchise tag is Ryan, uh, Ryan Clady from the Denver Broncos. Uh, he, he was tagged at $9.8 million. Uh, you know, teams got to do what they feel is in the best interest of their organization. And, uh, this is a man that protected paid men and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's played at a very high level since he entered the NFL from Boise State University. Uh, and again, guys will like the long term deals, but at the end of the day, when you are guaranteed $9.8 million. To play one season, that is a lot of money, and uh, you know there's nothing like that long-term security. But again, what is he going to sign for? Uh, a lot of these contracts, if you don't, if you don't really understand the NFL contract structure a lot of these contracts are backloaded anyway so when you see those guys signing for 5 and 6 6 years at 60 and 70 million dollars the main thing you want to know is how much money they're making up front as i mentioned earlier joe flacco is going to make 51 million dollars in the first 2 years of his contract 29 right now so, you know, that's what's important. That's what I look at. It doesn't matter if you're making $40 million on the um, last two years of the deal with a team's 99.9%. They're going to release you. Uh, also, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they designated safety. Jarius Bird uh, with the franchise tag. That tag is worth $6.8 million. Uh, and I tell you, if you're going to franchise a position, the one position that – uh that that you want to franchise is the the safety position. Uh, Bird will uh, he's going to make six point eight million dollars, but there's only two pos- there's only three positions that come at a lower price than safety. That's kicker, that's punter, and that's tight end. So uh, that is that is a position that. That that doesn't get a lot of love, but again, six point eight million dollars. That's a nice that's a nice sum of money. Uh, you know, the Bengals. The Bengals uh, decided that they were going to franchise defensive end Michael Johnson. It's going to cost them a little over $11 million. Uh, they also have a decision to make on right tackle Andre Smith, who was their number one pick a couple of years ago. But the one thing about the Bengals, uh, they don't like to spend money. They're $54 million under the cap. If they want to be players, they already got a big-time quarterback, a big-time receiver. Now, the Bengals can really make some things happen when you're $54 million up under the salary cap. The Chicago Bears have designated Henry Melton. He's going to make a defensive tackle. Henry Melton is going to make a cool $8.45 million. And last but not least on the franchise tags, the Indianapolis Coach designated punter Pat McAfee at a little under $3 million. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, when you get a good punter, man, uh, it, it really pays dividends for your team. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we return, we're going to have our guest speaker, Curtis Miranda.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports.
2: 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk Sports Channel. Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Uh, I have on the phone today, we have a... a fam you great uh curtis miranda like i mentioned earlier curtis curtis miranda helped lead the uh, rattlers to three national championships he was a three-time all-american center in uh college uh curtis uh like to give you a big warm welcome to sports info um and uh just you know being, being a former college athlete uh you know, to be a one-time All-American is a uh, is a great feat, uh, but to be a three-time All-American, uh, just uh, can you can you elaborate on that and uh, tell us how that was?
3: Well, I had a lot of great guys I played with, and I think I think the whole team uh, could have been All-Americans, and I didn't wouldn't take all the credit for myself. I just played with a bunch of great guys.
1: You also uh, have the distinction of being drafted by uh, by both New York teams, the New York Giants in the fifth round uh, as a middle linebacker, and in the eleventh round as a center by the, uh, the New York Titans, which are the New York Jets. Now, uh, that's right. You know, uh, can, can you tell us about that experience? What it was like going to training camp?
3: Well. When I went to camp, I uh, enjoyed it. But the Andy Robustelli and Dick Patton—they were also players on the team, and they were the coaches for the defensive team. And I was—I knew I was the best uh, linebacker on the team. That—that that included Sam Huff, but. At that particular time, they didn't use us as linebackers. I may have been—I think I was—the first linebacker, black linebacker, to go to the NFL. And they never did let me play in that position. They put me outside on the corner position. I had never played, and uh, I was not comfortable in that position. And a couple of times they put me in middle linebacker. I made every tackle and accepted every pass. And no one else in practice, uh, when the ball hit their hands on defense, they never held on to it. But that's how it was back then.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people uh – Feel that the reason you didn't make it is because there, like you mentioned, there were no black players uh, playing the linebacker position until 1967 when uh, Willie uh, Lanier uh, played the position. And uh, you know, uh, I know when I was in college, we used to always say, "If it's even, you're losing the battle." And yeah. uh, you know, that was a uh, just a. Tough thing. Can you tell us about? You know, you played for the legendary, uh, legendary coach. Uh,
3: can, can you tell us about Coach Gaither? Yes, I can. He was a great man. He was. I went to our father list. My dad died when I was ten months old, and I, he was my father image, and uh, quite a few other players. Because most players back then were raised up in a home with their mom in my situation uh my dad died when i was 10 months old it was three boys and i was the youngest and uh, my mom never brought another man there to be over so i first felt like i had a dad when i got to florida A&M university
1: Now, legend has it that uh you know Coach Gathe used to always say he like his boys to be agile, mobile and hostile, and it was reported that he would hide an onion in his handkerchief to work up tears for <laughs> yeah. uh, some of his pregame uh, pep talks. <laughs> Is there any truth to that?
3: <laughs> well, he had a pregame pep talk, and uh what we we used we carried a a record player into the locker room at that time. And we played music, and then he would come down and, and give us a little dancing demonstration, but he couldn't dance, so we all got a big laugh. And then he would go over each position with us, and then he would say, Come on, kids, let's talk to the master. And when he when Coach Gator finished praying, you just, he, he always said, uh, May the best team win, he never asked the Lord for victory. But when he finished praying, we knew we had to go out there and play with everything we had to give. And I think during my tenure, we lost two ball games.
1: Man, that's that, that's an amazing, uh, just an amazing feeling. Just like reading your bio and and reading about Coach Gaither and. Uh, you know just how he instituted the, the the coaching clinics at FAMU in in the late 50s and just some of the names of the of the coaches that he had uh that come down and participate Bear Bryant, Frank Broyles, Darrell Royal, Woody Hayes, Adolph Rupp among others and uh, that that just lets you know the type of coach he was and how respected he was in the profession
3: Well at that time they wanted to see what we were doing and uh And we perfected um, what we called back then the the belly series, outside belly and inside belly. And now the pros are doing it, but they're calling it uh, uh, other names, but it's the same thing that we were doing in 1958 through 61. But, you know, there's no major changes in football that I can see, but they can name, give the, the formation different names. Right. And um, like, and lot that's going on now today.
1: I, I think they're calling it, is is that the zone read or the read option? Well, that's what they're calling it now. <laughs> now. Yeah, that's what they're calling it now. But in, in li- yeah. And like you said, really, I, I don't really know anybody that's invented football. A lot of guys that go to clinics and, uh, you know, that you're really just – uh, modifying a lot of stuff has already been doing. You're tweaking it here there, but you're not coming up with anything. And, and, and I think the guys that are, are, are really successful are the guys that, that are keeping it simple.
3: Yes. Well, uh, we had a halftime one time, and uh, we was out in Texas playing Texas Southern, and the referees was really giving us a hard time. But Coach Gates always said, don't worry about that. We just have to outplay them. And we went in the halftime, fourteen uh, nothing, and we were behind fourteen points. And Coach Gates didn't even speak to us the whole halftime. And all kind of stuff was going through our minds, especially Manna, wondering what was wrong with them. And then the referee came in and said, "Um, you got five minutes left in the half, Coach Gates." Of course, still did not say anything to us. And then time passed. They said, Hey, time was over, coach. And coach said, Let's kneel down and talk to the master. And when he finished with his, his, uh, his, gave the prayer, he had a very special prayer. And then he said, He ended with made the best team win. And when we hit the field after that, we knew we was going to win that game. We knew we was going to win that game. And we beat them. Uh, twenty eight fourteen, and I have never been so impressed. Uh, at, at that time, as I <clears throat> told my throat, kind of clogging up on me, but we were very impressed at that time when Corey spoke us We knew he was going to win that game. Wow,
1: that's just a a great positive influence on a bunch of young men. Uh, you played with a lot of great players. You played for a great coach. Uh, how did it feel to, uh, um, to have your number to be the first to be retired uh, for the historic, for uh, FAMU a program that, uh, that has won 13 national championships and produced numerous All-Americans and funneled numerous, uh, uh, lots and lots of players to the NFL? So I, I, how was that feeling to be the first player? It was, it was
3: a year? great feeling. I really enjoyed it. And I asked my teammates uh, to come to homecoming that, that, that year. And uh, about 20 football, uh, my teammates came. And uh, we went out on the field together. And I made my speech and said if it wasn't for these guys who were standing here with me, it would have been impossible for me to be the ball player that I, that I was.
1: And, uh, and it, it it is a team game, and uh, it's awesome to see that you're you're spreading the credit, uh, giving credit where credit is due. Uh, that's what it's all about. Uh, so, what do you got going on these days, uh, Curtis? I know you're well, up I'm in the, the Jacksonville area.
3: staying home, relaxing and and enjoying myself. <laughs> and yeah. I attend all of I, t- I attend most of family games. Uh, each year, and I enjoy going and seeing my teammates, and we get together and have a great time.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Now, are you still putting the uh, orange streak on most of your vehicles?
3: <laughs> well, I just got me. I just got me a pickup, uh, and I had it painted uh, green all over, and I put orange stripe on it. All
1: right, all right. Hey yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Hey hey Curtis, man, I just wanna thank you for coming on and spending some time with us on Sports Info UM. You're more than welcome to come on any time. Uh maybe we'll get you on during uh this upcoming season when uh fam you is playing uh playing and uh, talk a little football with you. Uh me being a former linebacker, uh I I just know that it's a tough position to play in for you to go both ways, to play center and linebacker, to be a three-time All-American, three-time national champion. I know that's just a great feat. Uh, Just want to, again, say thank you for uh, joining us on Sports Info UM. It's been an honor talking to you.
3: Well, thank you for having me.
1: Uh, Thanks for coming on. And uh, like I said, We will be in touch to have you back on the show again. Thank you very much. Okay. You're quite welcome. All right. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we return from this break, we're going to continue to talk about the latest sports.
2: flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America
2: Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and, of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's triple 346 9144 Or send us an email at UM 3793 at com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Again, I'd like to thank Curtis Miranda for coming on and spending a little time with this uh you know, uh, before Curtis came on, we were talking about some of the big moves made in the days NFL. Uh, you know, free agency's coming up. The franchise tag had to be used today by four o'clock. Uh, you know, I said that this was going to be the Michigan edition uh, of Sports Info U.M. Uh, so I got to salute one of my former teammates, Tom Brady. Uh, he signed the three-year. 27 million dollar extension uh which is going to give the new england patriots all type of flexibility uh the the three-year uh 27 million dollar extension is going to be added on to the uh, to the two-year 30 million dollars that he was due over the next two years so it's essentially now a five-year 57 million dollar uh contract with 33 million of those dollars being guaranteed uh and um the, the one thing I can say about Tom Brady, uh, I had the opportunity to spend four years uh, with him at the University of Michigan. Uh, I haven't spoke to him in a while, so I'm not going to act like I know what he's he's thinking. I, I, I do know he is the ultimate team player, and uh, with, with Tom, it's not about money. Uh, anybody in the football game, in the industry, they know that uh, – This was a hometown discount, but uh, this was also a hometown discount about securing his legacy, uh, in my opinion. And and that legacy uh, that that he's going to secure is going to allow the Patriots to be flexible in free agency. It's going to allow the Patriots to go out and pursue other players to make Tom better, to make him a better player, and to make – the franchise a better team and to give them an opportunity to go out and win another Super Bowl or two. It also uh, gives him the peace of mind, in my opinion, where he knows that this contract is going to take him up until the age of 40. Tom has uh, mentioned in the past that he would like to play until he reaches 40. Well, now he has everything that he's asked for. It also is going to allow a lot of sports fans see one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time t- to not end up like Joe Montana. Uh, Joe Montana was a great quarterback. Joe Montana had a great career with the 49ers. Joe Montana ended his career in a different uniform. It's going to allow him to not be like Emmitt Smith. Uh, Emmitt Smith, the all-time lean rusher in the history of the NFL, uh, great running back with the Cowboys, uh had a great career, outstanding career. Emmitt Smith ended his career in the Arizona Cardinals uniform. It's going to allow him to not be like Brett Favre. Brett Favre, uh, you think of Brett Favre, you think of the Packers. But Brett Favre went from the Packers to the Jets, from the Jets to the Vikings. It's going to allow him to hopefully end his career where it started. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, I had an opportunity to play with Peyton Manning. You think of Peyton Manning, uh, regardless of the great job he did in Denver, you think of Peyton Manning as an Indianapolis coach. This contract is going to allow Tom Brady. And when you think of Tom Brady, you're going to think of him as a New England Patriot. Uh, You're talking about a six-round draft pick that had the courage to go up and tell his owner You just made the best decision you've ever made uh, for this franchise. And who would have knew some 13, 14 years ago that Tom Brady was correct? That was the best pick that the New England Patriots could have ever made in the the 2000 draft. The best pick they could have ever made. And uh, I, I just say to me, Tom Brady, he gets it. He gets what it's about it's about it's about winning. It's not about how much money you're going to get paid because the one thing we all know is that these guys get paid a lot of money. They get paid a lot of money to play a game that they love to play. It's a dangerous game but Tom understands that. Tom he, he gets it. It's about winning. It's not about I'm the highest paid player in the NFL. I'm the highest paid at my position because we all know the level, at the level that Tom Brady's playing right now, he's worth more than $9 million per year. Some people are calling this a fake contract. I, I, I don't believe that this is a fake contract because uh, New England really don't. They really don't they, don't. they don't re-give guys money. So I feel regardless of what level Tom Brady's playing at, he's going to he's going to have to he's going to honor those numbers that's the type of guy he is and uh you're also seeing around the league you see uh Big Ben he restructured his contract the cowboys uh the cowboys had Jason Witten Brandon Carr and Miles Austin uh restructured their contracts you know uh Brandon Carr, uh, he's patting himself on the back. He's saying, hey, I'm a team player. I restructured my deal. Uh, You know, whatever it takes for the team. Uh, There is a difference in restructuring your contract and signing the contract. And uh, Just just for the people who don't understand, uh, when you restructure your contract, you're you're basically, if you're owed $15 million uh, for this upcoming season, if the team comes to you and wants to restructure your contract, they're going to say, hey, we're going to give you $14 million now. We're going to lower your salary. Uh, your base salary is going to be $1 million. And what that allows the team to do is that allows the team to spread that sign the restructuring amount, that $14 million, that allows them to spread that over the life of your contract. So that lowers your cap number. So you might your cap number might go from – $15 million to $4 million. And uh, so, you know, to me, there's nothing wrong with restructuring your contract, but the difference in what these guys are doing and what Tom Brady's doing, Tom Brady just took a major discount because we all know, like I said, he's worth more than $9 million a year. And uh, you just convert that money into signing bonuses, and, uh, you know, with winning. They converted $4.56 million of Witten's $5.5 million salary into a signing bonus, and they saved $3.65 million. Brandon Carr's $14.3 million 2013 salary was converted to a base salary of $715,000. With the difference of $13.5 million being moved to a signing bonus, he got that money right then and there. Who wouldn't take that deal? Now there's no chance of a team cutting you when they just gave you $13.5 million. So I, I just really want you to see the difference. He didn't sign. He didn't take less money. And and, and there's nothing wrong with that. He didn't have to restructure. But when, when you're not willing to restructure, you also take that chance of a team saying, hey, if we can't restructure, get you at a lower number, we're going to um, – or sometimes guys have to take a pay cut. In these guys' case, they got their money in the signing bonus. If you look at uh, a awesome one, a great corner for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles—well, the ex-great corner, I'm gonna say, because uh, it seems like the, the Philadelphia Eagles uniform has been kryptonite to him. Uh, he's had an uh, out, he had an outstanding career. He was on the Hall of Fame track when he was with the Oakland Raiders. Signed with Philadelphia, got caught up in all the dream team. Uh, hype and uh i guess he lost his mojo uh he, he's due 14 or 15 million dollars this year and uh the eagles are contemplating cutting him if he don't take a pay cut so now there is a difference there's the restructuring where you get all of your money there's the renegotiation where you take a pay cut so you can uh continue to stay on with your team and uh you know that's the difference. In Awesome Wall's case, Coach Kelly said, "Hey, he's a he's a great guy. He's an awesome person." But he he didn't really say that. Hey, he's a great football player. We're going to pay him. There's no way we're going to let him go. So uh, that's something that you definitely should keep your eye on. Will Awesome Wall be returning to the Philadelphia Eagles? Hey, in other news, this is a this is a business. It's the business first. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons they cleared some. Salary cap room by releasing running back Michael Turner. Turner did not pass his physical. Also, defensive end John Abrams' time has came to an end in cornerback Dante Robinson. Uh, Dante Robinson was a big uh, free agent acquisition a couple years ago for the Atlanta Falcons from the Houston Texans. By letting go the three veterans, the Falcons got $15.9 million under the salary cap. And uh, you know, Michael Turner saved them $6.4 million. Abraham, $5.75 million. And Robinson, $3.75 uh, million. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are uh, reportedly interested pursuing the Rams. Stephen Jackson, who voted the final year of his contract, worth the reported $6 million. Uh, now, to me, that's a move that really makes sense. Uh, Steven Jackson hasn't played on a... Uh, on a playoff team uh, in, in a while. He, he's been with the Rams. Uh, he, he's a guy that's, uh, he's getting up there in age, but uh, he still has some tread left on those tires. Uh, I think he'll be a great compliment to the Atlanta Falcons uh, system. Uh, with with Jacques Rogers uh, alternating with him, I, I really think that this is a match made in heaven. Uh, if, if this is a... Um, uh, a sign in that can uh, really uh push Atlanta to that upper echelon of the NFC uh they're going to have some work to, um, work to do because the 49ers uh in my opinion they they're the cream of the NFC so uh it, it's something to definitely keep an eye on uh and in other news Alex Smith was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs for uh for two second round draft picks, one second round pick this year, one second round pick next year. Uh, to me, uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have been very active. Like I mentioned earlier, they re-signed Dwayne Bow. They uh, they they signed the punter Dustin Colquitt. Uh, they franchise their uh, their tackle, and, and now by signing Rodgers or trading for Rodgers, this puts them in position to now draft the 6'6", six, 306-pound six, uh, left tackle, Luke Jokel of Texas AM. And uh, you're, you're talking about a team that's just got better really, really fast. And uh, that's, the, in my opinion, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I, I really look for this team to make great strides next year, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs make the playoffs. The Chiefs had six Pro Bowl players uh You know, uh, they they got Andy Reid. They got the coach that they wanted. And uh, making these type of moves, you got a quarterback now, he got a – a Big time receiver and to throw the ball to Jamal Charles. I mean, this is an organization that has a lot of pieces in place, uh, and, and they can be successful real quick. If, if you look at it, if you look at the NFL, man, teams can jump from 3 and 13 and 4 and 12 to, to go 10 and 6 and 11 and 5. Look at the Indianapolis coach. They, they went from having the number one pick to making the playoffs. So, you know, anything is possible. You just got to get the right pieces in place, and uh, and it'll work out. It'll work out. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice of America Network. When we return, we'll be back uh, with a little combine news and talk about the little 49ers a little bit.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk?
1: please visit nflalumni.org. The fans now
2: have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a ass and move oh, on I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. you oh, <laughs> crazy. NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up, speak up or forever hold your mouth.
1: We ain't playing around here.
2: Voice America
0: Sports. You're tuned in to sports info um with daryl and sam call us today at 888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144 or send us an email at sports info um 3793 at gmail.com now back to the show
1: Welcome back to Sports Info UMA. I'm gonna dive right into this uh, right here. You know, the rich get richer. The 49ers, when they traded Alex Smith to the Kansas City Chiefs, which couldn't, which can't officially happen until March 12th. Um, it's going to get us uh, 49ers a. Uh, a a second-round pick, number 34 overall, and a second-round pick in 2014 uh, and free up $8 million in salary cap. What more do the 49ers have to do? I mean, you're talking about a team that's ranked there on the verge of greatness. Uh, They lost the Super Bowl to the Ravens, but now they get two second-round picks from – from Alex Smith, they uh, they they get the lower their cap number by eight million dollars. They have fifteen picks in this uh, in this year's draft. They only had seven last year, and they're only a few pieces from being great. Uh, with, with fifteen picks, uh, they have some secondary needs. You know, it's just it's just a thought. Could a certain cornerback with the New York address who was openly shocked at the combine? Be on the 49ers radar. Hello, Mr. Reeves. I think you will be getting a call from the 49ers pretty soon. Uh, you know, I, when, when you talk about Reeves, you're talking about one of the great cornerbacks uh, in the NFL, a guy who can take away half the field. Uh, I'm sure he's not happy. Uh, the Jets aren't communicating. Uh, they openly seek uh, trade interest uh, for him at the combine uh, the coach didn't know it was the owner and the general manager so uh with 15 picks a lot of money a very friendly cap uh, number that Reeves have which is $6 million why not take a chance 49ers let's make that twitter beef between Richard Sherman and uh and Reeves uh let's uh let's make that come come true on the field. They'll get to see each other two times a year. Uh, in other news, just one last thing. Uh, Terrell Suggs, Super Bowl champ Terrell Suggs, uh, just really, I, I don't know why he's worried about the Patriots, but he's he mentioned that uh, all 31 NFL teams, they, they uh, hate the Patriots, and the NFL goes out of their way to protect Tom Brady. Uh, my thing is just, after winning the Super Bowl, why is your focus on the Patriots? Uh, just food for thought. Uh, but moving on, uh, we 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 hit every position at the NFL Combine uh, last week. The one position that uh that that we didn't hit uh, was the DBs. I'm gonna mention that in a minute. But uh, it came out this week that uh, NFL teams they they want to know if. Uh, if players like girls, uh, you know, my thing is, uh, ha- have they crossed the line? Is this something they should know? Uh, if uh, if a young linebacker's sexual preference uh, is, is male, uh, is that something uh, each is on? But uh, is that something they should be asking in these job interviews? Uh the to combine in the interviews. It is, it is a job interview. Uh, and, uh, one, one person in particular, they want to know, uh, if he likes girls is, uh, man, Tateo, you, know, with, uh, everything he's been through with the, uh, the girlfriend hoax. Uh, but, uh, teams don't really know how to ask it. They asked a, a future, well, former Wolverine, Denard Robinson, uh, if he had a girlfriend. And, uh, when he responded, yes, they asked him, do he have a real girlfriend? And, uh, with that nice smile that Denard always displays, he said yes, and uh, that's just a go blue way. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I really feel that uh, the NFL, in in this case, they uh, they really crossed the line. Uh, I'm sure uh, from their standpoint, the team that are asking the question they're saying, hey. We're going to invest a lot of money in these young men. I want we want to know their sexual preference. Uh, that that's something that the, the commissioner is going to have to, uh, to to decide if it was appropriate or not. And uh, the commissioner, man, he, he he's tough. So uh, that's something that we're definitely going to keep our eye on. And uh, hey, the DBs uh, coming into the uh, NFL Combine, uh, two guys who was really uh, who was really uh on the spot was uh was uh banks jonathan banks of mississippi state uh banks uh, won the jim thorpe award he was an all-american uh from mississippi state and uh florida state's xavier rose you know those those were two prospects who teams weren't really sure how fast they were and uh the, the, the one guy in my opinion out of the two who uh who really uh, quieted the debate was Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes ran a four four one at the combine, which really uh, did wonders for his draft status. And it pretty much solidified him as a first round uh, draft pick. Uh, he's also going to have his pro day coming up at FSU. And uh, the young man who still has some work to do is Jonathan Banks. Six foot two, one hundred eighty five pounds. Uh, unofficial time of four five nine and a forty. Uh, you know this is really gonna uh right now this is gonna uh, damage his draft status but my thing is uh you're talking about a young man who played in the sec uh was one of the top corners if not the best corner in the uh in the sec won the jim thorpe award which is given to the nation's best defensive back uh the slow time hurt him right now but uh he's gonna have a chance to redeem himself, uh, because after the combine most of these young men they go out, they continue to train and uh he's he's gonna have a pro day. So at his pro day he's gonna to have to display that he has that speed and that change of direction that teams are looking for. And uh as a corner, you know, uh the one thing that uh that you can hide is uh at a lot of positions is lack of speed. But uh, it's it's nearly impossible to do that. Uh as a cornerback, you know you you need that speed uh, uh another guy who won in my opinion is alabama's d milliner uh he was a young man that uh teams didn't really think he was that fast he went out and ran a 4-3-1 and he's basically considered the top prospect in the nfl draft uh another winner is uh desmond trufan uh, his brother marcus trufan plays for the seattle seahawks clocked in at 4-3-1 uh and uh, a young man who's been through a lot of adversity uh former LSU cornerback Tyron Matea, formerly known as the Honey Badger Clock they're very impressive 443 uh uh he's 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 considered a, one of the biggest unknown qualities but the one thing is man you're talking about a young man that finished uh, he was a finalist for the Heisman trophy uh A lot of people said he was undersized, but, man, you're talking about a guy two years ago was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, got invited to New York, won every major award, played in the best conference in uh, college football. This this man can play. He has uh, a lot of uh, big-time NFL players mentoring him. Uh, uh, He's accepting responsibility. And the one thing that we know is that the NFL is a very forgiving league, and I really see uh, the honey badger. The former Honey Badger getting a shot at the NFL. I would be surprised if he last passed the third round. Uh, you know, and again, the next big things for all of these guys uh, is their pro days. And there's going to be some players who don't get invited uh, to the combine. So that the next chance you get to impress teams is your pro day. And I'm going to tell you somebody who really took advantage of that. Akeem Shavers of Purdue ran a blistering, unofficial time of 4.35 and 4.38 seconds. He also registered a 39.5-inch vertical leap, a 10-foot, 10-inch broad jump, and bench-press 225 pounds 19 times. Times like that will take you from a French prospect or priority-free agent to getting you drafted late once teams go back and evaluate your film. All right, I'm moving along quickly. I got the next big thing. Uh, Alabama, the University of Alabama, coming off of two consecutive national championships. Uh, They were a little late. They got beat to the gun. They offered an eighth grader. Dylan Moses, a football scholarship. Moses is a six foot one, two hundred and fifteen pound running back and linebacker. He received his first offer from Les Miles in LSU, and I'm gonna say Les Miles in LSU beat Alabama to the punch because the young man hails from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But let me tell you a little bit more about Moses. He has a thirty four inch vertical, a nine foot broad jump, and he runs a four, four 40 yard dash. And my thing is, will we start to see a new trend of college coaches attending middle school and Pop Warner games to scout future prospects? Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice American Network. Time flies when you're having fun. I will see you next week along with Daryl. Peace.